Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, we are back with an instant reaction podcast. Miami Hurricanes 48, Texas A&M Aggies 33. Uh, in an entertaining, fun game. Um, before we, we get into things here, Gabby, I, I want to just pass along what Coach Cristobal had to say about Cam Kitchens and his health status. He did say he's optimistic that Cam's going to be okay. Um, he said he was going to head over to the Ryder Trauma Center, Ryder Trauma Center, as soon as he could after um, the post-game duties were fulfilled. But he is optimistic that Cam Kitchens is going to be okay. So, just wanted to send positive vibes Cam's way, and felt like you know that definitely puts a damper on a on a nice little win here. Um, but again, football is played by human beings and want to send positive vibes his way uh, and best wishes in his recovery all right let's get into the game gabby i think let's just start with like chronologically going through the game and then we can go like big picture stuff i think watching the game in the first quarter i had a lot of deja vu going on to last year's Texas A&M game when I forget when that Tyreek Stevenson muff punt happened exactly in last year's game but it was early on and uh, early on in this game in the first quarter Miami just couldn't get out of their own way whether it was costly defensive penalties that was extending drives for Texas A&M or special teams gaffes a blocked punt gave Texas A&M really strong field position that they scored a touchdown on uh, early in the second quarter the jacoby george um, muffed punt gave them another short short field to go score a touchdown on so that was a tough way to start i believe at that point it was 17 to 7 and then miami kind of settled into the game found its way and to me gabby the spark that led to Miami winning this game was a 52-yard touchdown by Isaiah Horton. It might have, I don't know this to be the case. I got to go back and really watch the game. 
it might have been Isaiah's first play of the game. I don't first snap of the game. Um, but he got an opportunity one on one downfield outside the numbers, made the play. You know, going into, into this game, Gabby, one of the talking points we both had was which players are going to step up and say, I'm going to make the play. I think Isaiah Horton was the first guy to really do that um, in this game. And then the momentum just kind of rolled downhill after that. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the, it felt like that was definitely the spark. And just kind of from my vantage point of just early in the game, like I was, I think the one of the things I said on the on the preview podcast is just like, like don't let the moment get to be too big for you. And I felt really quickly, I was like, yeah, you know, this is just a kind of typical Miami team. Like, this is kind of what they've been. This is who they who they are. And man, what a pleasant surprise it was, you know, just you know, after everything that you talked about, David, all the blunders, all the all the different things that went wrong, um, you know, even offensively. I mean, third and one, uh, you're in a good situation to kind of move the sticks. Uh, you know, holding call on Francis Malagoa puts you back to third and 11. And, you know, you don't get the first down there, have to punt. Uh, you know, and again, that gives Texas A&M, you know, just a lot of things that just weren't going right early. And I was just kind of sitting here kind of shaking my head, uh, you know, like, again, like, you know, this is just how this game's going to go. Um, and man, just to watch the way that they kind of, you know, responded to being punched in the mouth, not once, but honestly, a couple times where it just wasn't looking like there was a, a very clear path to Miami kind of turning the like turning the tides and. Uh, again, I think uh, for the second straight week, we kind of saw, and I know David, you've been wondering about this because you asked coach about coach about it in one of the press conferences. Just how 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 how's this team going to respond to adversity? And I think we saw for the first time how this 2023 Miami team uh, responds to adversity, and that was with a competitive attitude, which again I think uh, Coach Cristobal appreciates. So uh, you know, really, just from that point on, after that Isaiah Horton uh, long touchdown, it felt like it was really Miami's game, and uh, you know, I think Texas A&M you know did a good job of you know kind of staying in it to uh, a little bit kind of keeping it a little bit close um but i think uh from that point you know miami really found its footing in it and man just were really aggressive and you know hat tip to tyler van dyke i thought this this was an all-time performance and again going into the game uh it felt like this was a tyler van dyke game like it was going to kind of fall on his shoulders he answered the call uh you know 374 yards five touchdowns completed 70 percent of his passes i mean man what a performance from him uh such a needed performance from him so you know i think a lot to be excited about uh, you know just with what they did offensively and just again the way that they responded to uh, you know really uh, an adverse situation against a, a top you know SEC brand uh, that's obviously loaded with talent as we've highlighted multiple times so good stuff for Miami in this game man I mean again we got to watch it back but you know first reaction is you know this was this was a big deal no doubt and we, and we talk about that Isaiah Horton play in the second quarter getting things going from that point on, Miami, I think, as I looked at the stats during the game, they generated five explosives in that quarter through the pass passing game, so 15-yard-plus plays. They had five of them in that quarter alone. I think they had one explosive run in that quarter. They outgained A&M in that quarter, I think something like 180 yards to 60-something yards. So they dominated that second quarter uh, really swung the momentum totally their way with a nice little one-minute drive going into halftime that that led to a touchdown. Also, too, you you touch on Tyler. Totally agree. He won this quarterback duel, which was something I wanted to see because I feel like coming out of this game, I do think Connor Wegman's a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a good player. Um, But I also want to give credit to Shannon Dawson 
the offensive coordinator. I really liked what he did in the red zone. He really designed some easy um, pitch and catch uh, touchdown plays that you know I could have tossed to these wide open wide receivers. So shout out to him. I think going into the game, he said he wanted to be he wants to be a seventy five percent touchdown hit rate in the red zone, and, and that's what they were. Uh, they went three of four on red zone trips, uh, scoring touchdowns. Um, and that's what it takes to beat a team like Texas A&M. Um, the receivers, we talked to Gabby about how we thought, for the most part, Miami and Texas A&M matched up fairly evenly. But where we were kind of most worried was on the outside. Miami's receivers against A&M's DBs, we felt like Miami could win that matchup. We weren't necessarily convinced of it. And then on the flip side, A&M's receivers against Miami's DBs, we felt like was a big-time mismatch. And I think, look, those guys put up numbers, but I think Miami's DBs played about as well as I would have realistically expected them to play in this game. Um, made them, for the most part, inefficient in terms of Nothing overly explosive. Evan Stewart still put up huge numbers. Um, on the day, he went 11 for 142. But a lot of those was at the end of the game as they're trying to make it a game by throwing the ball so much. So uh, Miami's receivers won their one-on-ones against Texas A&M's DBs. And I did feel like Miami's DBs in critical moments stepped up, particularly I feel like Jaden Davis had a really nice performance. And honestly, too, I think Daryl Porter did his job. Like, Daryl really wasn't tested. And I think he should get credit for that, um, for, for doing his job. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just when you look at even just what they did, and even Evan Stewart's, yeah, 11 for 142, uh, what we talked about coming into the game, like you don't want those explosives to be explosive touchdowns that we didn't get, and that wasn't the case. My, uh, Texas A&M did not have those explosive big play touchdowns. I mean, Evan Street had a long of 44. The next longest uh, reception by a pass catcher at Texas A&M was 24 yards, and that was by running back Ruben Owens. So again, I think uh, the game plan was, you know, was solid. I mean, to, to limit those guys and, and to not let those guys beat you. Um, I think that, you know, you gotta, you gotta tip your cap to Lance Gidry, to Jamal Dye for getting those guys ready. J- Jaden Davis had a really good game. Uh, Daryl Porter had a really, really good game as well. So, you know, I think, uh, again, I really, that, that's, that's the most I think we could have really expected from that group. And, uh, they answered the call, man. So, I mean, really, I just think, I just think defensively and even in the second half, you know, I, I think even defensively, they had to kind of adjust too. They lost two starting defensive linemen, Ruben Bain and, and, uh, Branson Dean, um, not Ruben Bain, Akeem Esador and Branson Dean, uh, were out for that second half. And, uh, you know, Ruben, uh, Ruben Bain stepped up. Uh, I think Jared Harrison Hunt got plenty of run as well. And, you know, I think those guys, you know, they, they responded and, and they did a really good job. I mean, really, I mean, watching this this game back is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think that this was really uh, such a timely performance for, for Miami and, you know, for them to kind of get through 
you know, this game and to do everything that they kind of did. To this point, I mean, you talked about the red zone stuff. I mean, Shannon Dawson, I think, was an absolute wizard in the red zone, the way that he kind of drew those things up. It was it was so fun to watch. I mean, we've watched the way Miami struggled in the red zone. Again, they went four for four with three touchdowns, and that was a key point coming into this game was just how are you going to score in those situations? And uh, with that big Texas A&M defensive line, who I, I thought that they played a, a good game, um, you know, for them to kind of still punch it into the end zone uh you know when they would kind of stack things up i mean there was there was one of the i think the first one it just looked they went extremely heavy i think they put riley williams um they put cam mccormick riley williams in the game i think they put matthew mccoy in there too colby young was the only pass catcher they motioned him like into the back almost to the backfield like behind um tight ends and then just kind of again just dragged them out it was it looked like the most obvious run play that they somehow wrinkled into just a wide open touchdown i mean it was just masterful work uh for shannon dawson and you know we i think we talked about in the on the coming in in the preview how you know it was an opportunity for shannon dawson and lance gidry to kind of establish themselves as big time coordinators and i think shannon dawson you know put his name on the map nationally in this game just with just the way that he kind of drew it up dialed it up uh you know in this one so you know again i think those guys did a really good job and uh, i think it was a coaching plan a game plan executed uh really really well so uh gotta keep chugging it along uh still a long season ahead but i think this was a really a really really good start to you know what they want to do this year yeah offensive line i think did their job in pass protection more times than not tyler had plenty of time to operate and do his thing so that needs to be noted um i think texas a&m their approach on defense was we're going to take away miami's run game and they did do that uh, but miami was still able to find plenty of success throwing the ball xavier restrepo six for 126 tremendous game jacoby george i like the there's a lot to clean up there right with the muff punt and the drop post touchdown but five catches 94 yards three touchdowns he did make plays so he deserves credit for that. And Tyler, again, tremendous performance. Imagine what his numbers would have been if there weren't so many drops today. I feel like each one of the receivers kind of took a turn yeah. dropping a catchable pass today. So there's there's encouraging aspects of the passing game, but there is also stuff to clean up, which is good. Um, defensively, James Williams led the team in tackles. Again, I think he's just putting forth solid performances. Still can clean up some penalties, um, but I think he is playing sound football on the back end. Um, Corey Flagg, I think, played a lot, had a nice game, six tackles. Um, and we talked about Mesidor being hurt. I do think we saw the pass rush take a little bit of a step back without mesador in there in particular in the second half so that's going to be something to monitor in terms of depth moving forward obviously next game's bethune cookman but uh you know just moving forward the war of attrition that is a football season um let's go big picture and then we'll talk recruiting gabby what does this win mean to you in terms of how you view the season moving forward for the hurricanes for me I think I was clear coming in. I expect I I wanted an 8 and 4 type of season. I thought this was an 8 and 4 type of team. The way I'm kind of viewing things after this Texas A&M game, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to move off that. Um but 
my belief in eight and four is strengthened, if that makes sense. Like I kind of feel like that can be a floor, if that makes sense. So, you know, maybe if you if you really want to depress me, I could say like, yeah, maybe eight and a half or whatever. Um, but let's see, right? There's still lots of stuff to clean up. This is a long season. Um, stuff happens during the course of a season that can really impact the team. And, you know, there's still teams, there's still good teams on the roster that Miami's going to have to find on the schedule that Miami's going to have to find a way to beat. North Carolina, still a good team. I know they struggled today, but I think they're still a good team. Clemson, I think, is still going to be a tough out. Florida State, of course, looks like a college football playoff contender. Um, You got to go at NC State. To me, these are still games that Miami has to prove that they can win. But with all that being said, Miami proved something today with beating an SEC team for the first time since 2013 uh, when they beat Florida. I think you can see the vision of, I mean, to beat an SEC team, you have to be able to hold your own at least on the line of scrimmage. They did that today. Um, And also, too, just the coordinators. You can see how I think once Miami levels up their talent um, via stacking recruiting classes and portal classes, Uh, in the next two years, you can see how these systems that Shannon Dawson and Lance Guidry are implementing are going to be a lot of fun once the talent is even upgraded more. So again, I don't know if I necessarily feel like, oh, this is a nine or 10 win team now. I'm not quite willing to go there. Um, Maybe (laughs) that's probably not the most exciting thing to hear, (laughs) but I am very, very encouraged by this performance because Miami played a really bad first quarter, still won by 15 points. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's all that's extremely fair. And, you know, I, again, I think that there's still a lot that they need to kind of prove over the course of the season, and we'll see where that goes. But, I mean, I'm definitely walking out of Hard Rock Stadium today. Uh, you know, here as, you know, we, we finish, rec- as we record this podcast, feeling, you know, definitely just more encouraged about, you know, really just the overall uh, direction of the season, you know, what, what it could be. Um, you know, again, we, we kind of both talked about eight and four. And yeah, you know, it, 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 I, I agree that, you know, maybe eight and four, four maybe starting to feel like a floor, uh, which could be good. You know, let's see if this team, this, it looks like a team that can push to be. I'm not saying they're going to be, but they look like they can, you know, potentially win, you know, nine games this season, which would be a huge, huge, um, you know, just turnaround year over year improvement. And again, we'll, I think there's still a lot that they need to kind of show and it needs to be on a week to week basis. But I think, uh, you know, winning this game, I think it's, it instills a lot of confidence and you kind of look at the road ahead uh, with Bethune Cookman coming up on Thursday and, you know, that you're going to be three, and know, and then uh, you go to Temple and, you know, you feel good about Miami being able to walk out of Philly with a, you know, a nice win. Uh, you open up ACC play with Georgia Tech and, you know, you got to feel optimistic that Miami's going to so like you're 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 kind of getting to a point where you put yourself in position to kind of hit that five win mark that you totaled in 2022 you know potentially going into that North Carolina week which I think is where you want to be and obviously Miami needs to go out and win those games but I think you put yourself in a really good spot uh you know just to really just instill a ton of confidence into this team going into the meat of your schedule so so hopefully that's when Miami will be maybe just continuing to climb continuing to trend and you know kind of still peaking not having peaked to now and uh, you know i think you've got to feel good about where they're at so, i mean maybe i could you know you can definitely convince me at this point right now to say this Let's could go. be a nine a nine win team 
But uh, you know, I why I stop there. Why not? I know. Let's just go undefeated, Natty Champs. Now, nah, um, I think uh, you know, this is this is huge. I think this was just a really good, you know, big boost kind of type type of win that this program, uh, that this Mario Cristobal era kind of needed. And uh, again, I think it's. I think it's, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully just uh, the beginning of what could be, a, again, a big, big year over year improvement, which, uh, again, is the next step towards taking, you know, even further steps that they want to take in the future. So let's get out of here on this. Um, one of the big reasons why this is a, a significant win is because of recruiting. It is a proof of concept uh, result beating an SEC, a ranked SEC team. Uh, fairly soundly is something you can sell to recruits after a disappointing five and seven season in year one. Um, Gabby, there's a ton of recruits in the building for the game. You have a great list and check out inside the U.com for all, all the in-depth VIP content in regards to the recruiting action uh, for this Texas A&M game. But what was the sense you had coming out of the game with what impression this performance made on some of the big time recruits that were there? Yeah, this was a big one. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, I think it, it was validation, I think, to, you know, even guys like LJ McCray, uh, the top two, four, seven defensive lineman who's, you know, fringe five star prospect. Uh, you know, he says he goes on these visits and he kind of looks to see if what they're saying matches what they're doing. And I think Miami winning this game against Texas A&M, uh, you know, again, kind of validated everything Miami's been telling LJ McCray. And, you know, I, you know, I think he feels really good about where, you know, about the Hurricanes. I think he said that's why I'm here is because I, I, I'm really interested in them. And so, you know, I think Miami's obviously away there he says he's gonna be at florida next weekend um you know georgia's obviously in there too florida state auburn uh but i think miami absolutely made a move and is continuing to to work hard there xavier mincy is his teammate he was there too he was here at miami too and uh, again loved everything he kind of saw from that db room again those guys had a really strong performance and he has a really good relationship with jamal die uh it's getting closer to that you know quote unquote silent commitment that he keeps kind of hinting at he said that can come sometime this week uh this coming week and i think miami's in a really good spot there if 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 that is the case uh so i think overall even just talking to a lot of the commits you know the marquis lightfoot artavius jones kevin riley um, you know, Jojo trade or chance Robinson, all of those guys were, you know, definitely fired up about, about this. And even some of the younger guys of 2025s, it seems like, you know, it, it was definitely an opportunity for Miami to create some juice showing a lot of these, uh, you know, jun- current juniors who are top recruits that, uh, Miami can play with, uh, SEC guys and, uh, SEC schools and, and win and win these physical, you know, big time matchups. And look, Hard Rock Stadium wasn't 112,000 people deep. Uh, I think it was about 50, uh, from what they announced about 50,000 deep but you know I think that it created a really good environment and I think that that's a big thing that the recruit all the recruits kind of noted too is just how electric the environment in here so shout out to everyone who was at Hard Rock Stadium for uh, you know definitely bringing the juice and and giving these guys something to be excited about so uh, you know I think overall it was you know huge from a recruiting standpoint and you know over the course of the week we'll definitely continue to highlight how how you know important of a win this was and how impactful it will be. All right, we'll get out of here on that. Again, big win. Um, This is exactly what Mario Cristobal needed in terms of selling for the future and uh, also just instilling confidence in this team uh, for the rest of this season. So big time result. Appreciate everyone for listening and uh, hopefully more big time results come this year. And until next time, take care.